Hello, and welcome to this edition of Secure Networks, the Packet Forensic Files, with your host, Michael Morris. This week's special guest is Justin Fear, Director of Cyber Intelligence and Analytics for Darktrace. Justin, first of all, thank you for joining. Why don't you give a little introduction and a brief background so everybody can get your years of experience in the security space? Yeah, absolutely. So uh, I've been with Darktrace now for about four and a half years. Prior to that, I worked in the intelligence community with the U.S. government, uh, specifically working on counterterrorism issues. Uh, with Darktrace as director for Threat Intel and Analytics, um, I work with a lot of our customers, helping to operationalize the Darktrace tool, um, helping uh, their teams just think a little bit differently about security um, and, uh, you know, look in different areas of the network. Okay. Well, again, Justin, thank you for joining. And really what I want to accomplish in this session is just really hear from your experience. And, you know, we've got a lot going on in the world with the pandemic and this huge shift in the IT security space to a lot more remote workers. Uh, so with that going on, what are you seeing as some of the biggest challenges that uh, IT environments, SecOps teams are facing? And what are they really doing best to solve them? Yeah, I think the biggest is just the sudden shift in how we do business. Um, companies, security teams, IT teams that, you know, never even had remote working on the roadmap have now been thrown into the deep end, you know, using technologies, setting up servers that they might not necessarily be familiar with. And so, uh, unfortunately, what we're seeing a lot of is not necessarily uh, malicious actors, but just configuration errors, you know, um, you know, employees doing things a little bit differently than they're used to. So you might have some security violations, not intentionally, but just because the work environment's changed so much. Yeah. Well, one of the key industry terms I keep hearing described and I see talked about in blogs and articles is the fact that the attack surface has exponentially expanded and the lack of controls and I think you kind of even mentioned there just even awareness to all the issues. So what are some of the best practices you're getting from your customers uh, to really address this challenge? Yeah, and, and so what, what I've been advising a lot of our customers is visibility is paramount. So as I mentioned already, a lot of them are standing up uh, you know, VPN tunnels or expanding their current VPN infrastructure to support the increased bandwidth. Um, so getting visibility into that tunnel, uh, knowing what the devices are that are in that tunnel, and then what they're doing once they get through the tunnel back into the corporate uh, you know, network. The other thing is there's been a, a massive increase in adoption of cloud and SaaS applications. And so just getting visibility into that, you know, that's a whole other, you know, kind of uh, world. It's software as a service, so we don't even host it, you know. So looking at what our employees are doing and making sure that, you know, they're following proper best, best practices as well is, is, is what I've been advising all of our customers currently. Yeah. Yeah. One of the things, you know, obviously prior to the pandemic, um, and, and I think that's only going to be compounded right now that I've, I've been talking to customers about is just the sheer volume of alarms uh, that they've got. And, and really, you know, their ability to quickly and confidently get through them, you know, identify false positives and move on. Um, so I think with everything going on, that situation is only even more true and more complex because now their teams are remote and they're remote from their assets and their tools. What do you recommend teams do to address this challenge? 
Yeah. So, uh, you know, I think, you know, again, not to sound like a broken record, but (laughs) visibility, you know, uh, knowing what your team members are doing, uh, you know, when they're doing it, you know, making sure you have policies put in place to actually, you know, enforce and recommend this. You know, Um, I also have been advising folks right now is the best time, if not to practice good cyber hygiene. You know, so making sure passwords are not being reused across the board. Uh, just this morning, we saw a major breach with a major, uh, you know, password email dump. So, um, you know, uh, those those are one of the things I kind of have been suggesting. Now, as far as the alert fatigue, um, shameless pug, I think this is the perfect solution for things like artificial intelligence and machine learning. You know, looking at massive data sets uh, is just not something a human being could do. Um, I look at network traffic, for instance, as just nothing more than a big data set. And that big data set is changing hundreds of times per second. Um, It's obvious a human would never be able to find that needle in the haystack. Mm -hmm. So adopting technologies that can, you know, better conceptualize What's happening, um, I think, is a step in the right direction. Now, um, one thing Darktrace is doing that I'm very proud of is something called uh, the AI analyst. And so we've actually been watching our own analysts over the last four years to train what we call an artificially intelligent analyst. And it is basically uh, an analyst that doesn't have to go through HR and doesn't have, you don't have to worry about stealing from you. Um, looking through all those alerts, only pulling out the interesting ones, and then asking the very questions that a human would ask, um, and going out and finding the answers to those questions. So I think teams need to start exploring uh, you know, uh, new and innovative technologies that they might not be familiar with or used to using in their, uh, right. their current business. No, you bring up a really good point here that I wanted to really get into more depth was, you know, why AI is AI solutions as a technology is really a game changer in the cybersecurity space. Um, you know, a lot of people talk about it, but what what really should people be looking for when they're you know looking at solutions that provide AI and and machine learning? What are some of the key differentiators that that make it a game changer? Sure. So I think first and foremost, understanding what it is we mean when we're talking about AI. Uh, It's not the Terminator. It's not little robots, you know, that are going to hold conversations with you. Um, You know, so I think just understanding and setting your expectations is what I always advise future clients Um, and understanding what problem you're trying to solve with that. Um, Now, there's also different types of AI, you know, supervised versus unsupervised deep learning, um, and they all have strengths in different areas. So making sure that you understand the type of AI you're looking at purchasing or investing in is actually makes the most sense for the problem you're trying to solve. Um, The last thing I would add is, and, and I try to stay very diplomatic and not bash any of the other companies that are out there, but you know, not all AI is equal. And, you know, there are a lot of companies that claim to do something, but when you really look under the hood, it's maybe a fraction uh, of AI. So if your board's told you to invest in an AI solution, you want to invest in a pure play AI solution um, and not just a tiny little plug-in that's maybe doing 5 or 10%. Right. No, great, great advice, great insights. Um, one kind of shifting a little bit, one uh, report I read as much as 94% of malware is delivered via email. And, and actually, I saw something just literally two days ago, um, you know, with with the pandemic shift, uh, so many more email phishing attacks that are going on. Uh, so what can CISOs and security teams do to really focus on this email threat 
as a as a vehicle. Yeah, unfortunately, the sad truth is, no matter how much education we do for our employees, uh, they're going to click the link, um, and it's not always their fault. You know, the attackers are getting better at crafting. Uh, more believable and authentic spear phishing emails uh, to the point where even security professionals such as myself have to take an extra few seconds before we open that email and understand, you know, uh, the risks involved with doing so. Um, what we've seen just in the last week is over 100,000 COVID-19 domain name registrations. Just wow. goes to show you how the attackers are exploiting the uncertainty and the unfortunate circumstances we're living in today. Um, what I like to tell folks is, you know, you can't just rely on your email gateway. Now, again, I'm not knocking the email gateway vendors out there. It's a part of our stack that everybody has. But an email gateway is not going to be enough to find that needle in the haystack. You know, so uh, marrying up the unusual email traffic with the unusual network traffic with the unusual cloud and SaaS traffic is really the key to this. Um, and, uh, you know, uh, that's one thing we've started doing is is conceptualizing so that if an email comes in and a link gets clicked, you know, what happened five seconds afterwards at the at the network layer uh, layer? And then, you know, maybe a couple hours later, what happened at the cloud layer? So adding context to the entire digital ecosystem, I think, is the way forward that many companies need to start thinking about, specifically yeah. the email threats. Right. So what are other key attack vectors that are most concerning for security teams today? Especially considering the remote shift. Yeah, so I, you know, IoT has always been on our radar, but now we're all sitting in our houses where, uh, you know, IoT has run rampant. You know, even <laughs> as somebody in the security field, my house has got dozens of IoT devices um, that I am closely monitoring, obviously. But, um, you know, uh, CISOs need to realize that all of these devices don't have security built in as a priority. And our workers are now sitting next to these devices, sitting on networks that these devices are also sitting on. So um, it's feasible to think that somebody could potentially exploit an IoT device on your local network at your house and maybe even move laterally onto your work laptop and then get through that VPN tunnel upstream into the corporate network. So um, I've spoken to a lot of CISOs and that does worry them, all of the refrigerators and the coffee machines and the, uh, the voice assistants that many of us have grown so reliant on on a daily basis. <laughs> yeah. Um, so you mentioned uh, some industry verticals there a little bit. Are you seeing differences in terms of industry segments, whether it be finance or healthcare, you know, government uh, entities? Some of those entities are not used to this um, kind of remote shift, unlike maybe in the tech industry and things like that. So are you seeing specific challenges or trends happening there? And, and what are some things they could be looking at? Yeah, so obviously, you know, the medical industry is just getting hit hard due to the obvious that they're dealing with the pandemic as first responders to this. Um, I would like to certainly give a shout out outside of the first responders to the cyber first responders that are keeping their networks up and running and the IT teams that are working long 12 plus hour days to make sure all of their systems are up and running. Um, but the other truth is I have not seen uh, any industry vertical that's not being affected by this. I think they are all being affected in various different ways, some a little bit more so than others. I'll give you an example where uh, we're doing a proof of uh, value right now with a major uh, you know, food supplier. 
And um, food supplier right now, you wouldn't necessarily think as being national critical infrastructure, but uh, they truly are, as many of us have seen as we walk through the empty shelves in our grocery stores. And uh, they explained to us that they're all hands on deck. They are working 18-hour shifts in some regard, just trying to keep things up and running, expand out the uh, the, uh, the network uh, you know, posture, and, and just make sure that uptime uh, stays up and running as much as possible. So uh, unfortunately, I wish I could say only one or two industries is being affected, but uh, it's not just a global pandemic. It's a global problem on many different fronts, including IT and cybersecurity. Yeah. So... What's the one thing, again, conscious of your time, what's the one thing you recommend to our listeners uh, to look out for, to think about as they're in this shifting battle for cybersecurity and network security? You know, what, what do you recommend? Yeah, so aside from visibility that I mentioned earlier, I would say, you know, sitting down with your, your security team um, and making sure alerting is set up correctly. Uh, we don't have hours and days anymore. So if you don't find that breach until a day late, uh, that could mean uh, your entire company goes under. Um, you know, so uh, using uh, the various alerting functions that you have, you know, we've been helping a lot of our customers setting up real-time alerting via text messaging, uh, getting our mobile app installed, you know, on customers' phones, and then setting up the proper alerts so that you get real-time alerts only the important alerts and you're not inundated with that alert fatigue that we mentioned earlier. Yeah, excellent. Well, Justin, thank you again for joining, spending some of your time with us and your tremendous insights and how to better secure networks. We ask our listeners to tune in next time for another edition of Endace Packet Forensic Files. For more information about Endace Network Packet Capture Platform and our integration with Darktrace, please go to endace.com.